go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Chronic to Collapse, Town and Into Now, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking REM Remi? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things, and I mean all things. Every single thing. REM. This is good rock and roll uh, music. Welcome back. It is good to be back. It's Scott. so good to be back. It's been so long since our last episode, and I am loving it being it, here across from you. It feels like eight. Uh, Were eight you going to say sex? I was no, no. I was going to say it feels like eight days, but it's actually been seven. It's been seven days, which is what I call a wake. A wake. Wake. A wake. It's been a wake since I've seen you. And it's I've been a, missed you. It's been a week. It's been a week. Uh, and it's been a week since— Is that like you're saying it's been a week, but you're getting to the very top stair of a long staircase and you're a little— <laughs> It's been it's a, a week. Something like that. Okay. This, I feel like I'm at the top of a— Wait, is this an episode of It's Been a Week? <laughs> I think it might be. Hey everyone, welcome to It's Been a Week. I'm Scott. This is Scott. And um, we're talking about wakes. Yeah, and uh, Scott, I'll I'll just put it right out there. Put it out there. We don't have time to waste. Yeah, this is a, at most this show is two minutes long. We don't have time to waste. <laughs> it's I mean it's been a week. It's been a and unfortunately it's gonna be another week until we speak again because this show's almost over. I think you're right. This one's and done. And well, goodbye. Well, goodbye. Well, Good app. Yep. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, what? Hi. 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 Have you ever been a singer? Yeah. Yeah. Where, opera? No, I had a, a singing class in acting school. We talked about it last episode. No, we didn't. Nope. And <laughs> I uh, I had to sing a song from uh, Luck Be a Lady, I believe, from- uh, Really? From Guys and Dolls? Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to sing it. Well, that was my assigned song, and so I But you could have, uh, ostensibly, you could have shown up to the class and said, I'm not going to sing this. And what, what could they have done? Would they have they arrested you? Uh, they could have given me a bad grade. Which is not really what you want when you're in school studying. Sure, but it's just like a bad acting grade. Do you get grades, by the way, for yeah. for every episode of television that you make? Yes, I get. I still all of my teachers from the academy still send me a report card. <laughs> they well, really? they send it to my parents. Oh, okay. And then I have to get it signed and bring it to work the next day and give it to Paul Lieberstein mm-hmm. before I'm allowed to work. When a show gets canceled, do you get an incomplete? 
You've never been on a show that's been canceled, though. No, 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 no. Hey, tell me about. By the way, sure. This is Scott. Across from me is Scott. This is Scott. Tell me about Big Little Lies too. Keep my name out of your lying mouth. Uh, we haven't started yet. Oh, you should. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to have to at some point. That's that's true. <laughs> How are you going to finish this thing if you don't start? Well, everyone's got to get ready. What, what does that entail? Well, I have to finish my thing. I'm sure everyone's finishing Yeah, yeah, but how, how, do you, how do you prepare? When you say everyone's got to get ready for things, yeah. how do you prepare? You just grow a whatever it is, a mustache or a beard or whatever? Uh, well, it depends. It depends on the Karak that I'm uh, going after. Here, <laughs> Wait, you know? you, you're playing a different Karak this yeah, I'm I'm not playing the same character as season one. I'm playing right. someone else. That seminal character by the name of... Well, you never saw it. So <laughs> no. I could say Joshua right now, and you'd be fine with that. <laughs> I know it's not Joshua. Well, then how would you know? Test you... me, test me. I'll t- uh, and and I, I, will, I will tell you exactly who it is when you say it. What, give you a name? Give, give me a okay. bunch of names, and I'll tell you the one when I... Greg? Definitely not. Definitely not Greg. Todd? It would never be Todd. Okay. Shem. S-H-E-M. Yeah. So it's like Shemp without the P, like one of the three stooges. Well, sure. Yeah, Shem is Shemp without the P, I guess. I'm going to say no. Ed. Ed, like Uh the television show, Tom Cavanaugh's Ed. Yes. E-D. Yes. Like stands for erectile dysfunction. Is it short for that? It could be. Uh, I'm going to say no. Toots. Toots. Yeah, like Toots in the Maytals. Sure, but not pronounced Toots? Just no. Toots? Toots. So like almost like more than one fart? Yeah, several Toots. You you called it Toots in the Maytals? Well, I mean, normally when you see that word, you say Toots. Like, hey, Toots, get over here. But it is Toots. Wow. In the really? Like that that you say all the time? <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm gonna hey, s- come here, Toots. <laughs> get over here. Bring your getaway sticks over here, Toots. I'm going to say no. Okay, not not Toots. What about Borge? You know what your tell is? What? When you say the real one, you say, what about? Yeah, uh-huh. it's Borge. Borge. Yep. I knew it. Uh, yeah, so I have to get Borge ready for, uh... What's for, your What's your actor's secret yeah. for that character? Everybody needs a secret. Everybody. Mm-hmm. What's the thing you're not telling the other actors? What are you not telling the other Karaks? Well, if I tell you, then it wouldn't be much of a secret now, would it? Well, sure, but I mean, you can tell me. I'm your best friend. You're right. Uh, well, every day on set, before we start, before I even go to work, before I even wake up, Before you wake up, okay. I write a phrase on my forearm Mm. that that I keep under the sleeve of my shirt. Okay. And it's something that I know uh, that no one else uh, knows. You're talking about a secret, basically. A secret, yeah. Wow, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. So your secret is is that you write down like a secret on your arm. Well, yeah, that is a secret in and of itself. But the thing I wrote down is also a phrase – which I need to keep a secret because otherwise it would be humiliating. Is it the phrase that pays? Or is like a radio station going to call you and ask you for the phrase that pays? And if you don't know it, then you... Sometimes it depends on the day. Are they, sometimes it's a phrase that pays. They sometimes, you know, give you... They buy your groceries for a week? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Are there any Kleenex? <laughs> yeah, of course there are. Uh, they're right in front of us, oh, my dear great. boy. Thanks. Here you go. I'm going to toss these to you. Here you go. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Do the old cord for, gag for with the that, Kleenexes. For some reason that. <laughs> that uh, tickled your nose. You tickled your fancy. No, I started laughing and uh, <laughs> just snot came out of my nose. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, uh, Big Little Lies 2 went to come out. Do we have a premiere date? Uh, I uh, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Hey, oh, pizza. <laughs> What's the best pizza you've ever had? Best pizza mm-hmm. I've ever had. Ever had. Best pizza I've ever had. Uh, let's see. Well, of course, it's got to be in New York City because that's where Of I, oh, course. Man. Are we talking uh, – any of the five boroughs? Oh yeah, it's got to be in one of the boroughs. One of the boroughs. Uh, I love those boroughs. Uh, you go, you get, you just order a slice. Like, what's on a good pizza to uh, you? you? Like, gotta get your sauce. Right, sauce. Anything else? You put some cheese on How there. Much, like a little bit or a lot? Well, it depends what you're into, like what you like. But, but what, that's what I'm asking you. What oh, are you into? Uh, lots of cheese. Lots of so like uh, a base layer of sauce. Then on top of that, you put cheese. What's on like, top of that? Eight pounds of cheese. Wow. So yeah. like a huge just I like block. A, I like a big, fat, cheesy Do you piece shred of pizza. it or do you just no, like just a block, just a of, block cheese. of cheese? Put it on. Put it on, on some sauce. And it, the sauce, just one drop. <laughs> Pete, New York pizza. New York pizza. Nothing else on it. That's all you need. What else do you need? Oh, no, no, no. Some no. of that New York water, though. Get some water. Just put it under the faucet. On it. That's why it's so good is because you pour water on it after mm-hmm. it's cooked. Mm-hmm. God, that sounds delicious. And uh, get some, maybe some pepperoni. Yeah, what do you do with that? You just take a big, one of those big pepperoni logs that you get at the grocery. Yeah, right. The ones that we all get every yep. single week. And you just put it right on top of that block on of top cheese. Of that block of cheese. That's that's pizza. Pizza. New York City pizza. What oh. about you? What's your, what's the best pizza pizza, Scott, you've ever had? Well, um, I was probably six years old. Yeah. And I was in art class, sure. and we mixed up some like uh, newspaper yeah. with sort of a milky paste water. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I took a bite of that, and I was like, "This is the best fucking pizza I've ever had!" Oh, get the fuck out of here! It was great. I loved it. Was sorry. They, it was it called. Was this an episode of? It was great. I loved it. I th- is this an episode? I think it is. Is this in it? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Because we've done episodes of shows. Yeah. I'm worried that we're doing episodes of shows when it's not an episode of those shows. But is this, like this here? Are you asking me is this an episode? Wait, are we doing an episode of is this an episode? This is definitely an episode of is this an episode. Hey everyone, this is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're here with Is This an Episode? We're trying to figure out, is this a fucking episode? Yeah, I, is this an episode or? Is this an episode? How would we know? Wait, hold on. Um, Wait a second, let me, if I could ju- I'm just going to. You, you, you got your pen out yeah, there. Yeah, I've got to scribble some down some quick notes. calculations oh here. Oh my God, he's, uh, this is like. 448. Um, and then what do you do? Just Goodwill hunting shit. Look at this guy. That X minus. Oh my God, that's an algorithm. What yeah, is he doing? How does he know how to do this? What uh, is this? You know what? I can't. There's. 
I don't know. I don't know. Is, I don't know. I don't. That's how we. It's yeah. weird because I, after all these calculations, I see, and the answer is: is this an episode? Oh, with a question mark. Never uh, going to find out. So, I mean, obviously, this is an episode of. Is well, yeah, this that's, an episode. But that's what we're, we're what we're saying. This is an episode. How are but we? again, though, I, I'm just keep going because I keep looking at this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Calculation of mine. I keep going back to the central question, which is: Is this is this an episode? Is this an episode? I don't. I mean, what would be the signs if this were an episode? Wait a second. Is this an episode of? Wait a second. I think this might be an episode. Definitely not. It's definitely not an episode of that. Okay. So then, is this an episode? I don't. I don't. I don't know. But what I'm wondering is. But wait a second. Is this an episode? Of what? Of is this an episode? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. We're in the middle of an episode okay, of is so this, this an episode. Is, this is an episode of is this an episode. Yeah, but is but this an episode? I don't I don't know. This is fucking freaking me out. I know. Man. I don't know what to uh I don't know what to do. Shit. Um okay, let's make a call. Uh yeah, let's who uh can we make a call here? Do you have someone that uh, we can get on the... Hello? Yeah, hi. Who, who am I speaking to? Yeah, this is... Jacob. Uh, Sorry, what was that? Jacob. Jacob? Jacob. Jacka? Jacob. Jack off? What? Hey, <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, who did you, Scott, who did you call? Who was that? I called my, my friend Jack off. <laughs> Oh, so I wasn't mistaken. Gets, Why do you get so offended when I said— He gets offended when, it, when I don't know what his deal is. Like, his name is Jackoff. He changed it, too. Okay. Did but, he have information about whether this oh, yeah, is yeah, an yeah. episode? I'll tell you what. Call him back. Be real nice about it. All right. Okay. And Okay. Just here we go. Hello? Sorry, Jackoff. I, I think before— Hey, I, fuck you, buddy! All right. Well, oh. Okay. Scott. This is a weird dial tone. I think. Uh, I don't know. know I feel say. like we're no closer to finding out. He's he was no help at all, and he's he's the guy with the info. Yeah. He's the guy who knows it all. I don't know what to do other than just wrap this up. Of I th- this episode, I, th- I think we probably should. All right, let's wrap this one up, and we'll figure it out. Yep. That was that was gripping. It was. Really interesting. We're um, we're talking today, Adam. Yeah, you have to agree with me on this. Sure, we're talking today about uh, and we're, we're exclusively talking about the Bandharian, and um, we're talking about the seminal record. Yeah, automatic for the people. Yeah, this is uh, Abbey Road, as far as I'm concerned. This is no, no, no. Abbey Road one. is the Beatles. Right. Sorry. And in the end, is equal to the love you make. How many people have that quote um, is there in their Twitter profile? In their Twitter profiles? Kind of long for it. And in the end, the love you or just the love you take is equal to the, to love, the love you, you make. make. Hasn't that been in Twitter? Have, I feel I f- like I've seen that in a bunch of Twitter. Programs. I feel like, uh, yeah, I've seen it like right next to like a cartoon green frog. 
<laughs> yeah. In a mega it's hat? perfect for them. <laughs> um, the automatic for the people is the show. Is the show? Hmm. What if albums show? were shows? You know, it's funny you say that, Scott, because in a way they kind of are. In a you know way, I mean. isn't the best record like better than the best television show? Oh yeah, well because you're doing half the work because your imagination. Would you agree that the best record of all time, yeah, is better than the worst television show you've ever seen? Yeah, yes, I would. I, would. I mean, that's not a tough one to agree with. I'm going to be honest. But with you. doesn't that prove the case that albums are better than television? It doesn't at all. But I will go along with you if you need isn't, me to. Isn't like your favorite uh, uh, record you've ever heard right. better than like if an artist were to like diarrhea splatter on a canvas? Absolutely. See? Well, I don't know if that gets us any closer to the point you kind of My point, saying. my point, my dear boy is that Call me. Album Call My me point boy. Yeah. Even worse. Is that okay. Someone called me your boy by the way in a review of this. I know. Adam Scott and his boy. His boy Scott Ackerman. <laughs> like so condescending. But but albums are better than anything yeah. in the world. Any other art, yeah. they, it pales in comparison. And I'm saying pale as if that's a bad thing. But you know, I mean, I'm pale, so sure, me too. I haven't been out in the sun for six years. Really? How do yeah. you get around? Like the caverns underneath the city? I yeah, I travel by mule underneath the city in the sewers. Why is that? Are you allergic to the sun or are you a vampire? I love the sun. I love it. I love <laughs> being out in the sun. There's actually there's nothing I like more. Then what is the I, reason for not? Don't worry about it. I, I well, I'll tell you. I'm not you. worried about no. it. I'm merely I mean, curious. It seems like you're worried about it. And I'm just, not. I, don't I, mean, want you I to could. Worry. I couldn't give two. It's not shits worth about worrying. This. I'm not it's worried. Not so worth it. great. Stop uh, I'm worrying. Re- so I'm much. simply asking you. A Cut question. it out. I like to travel on muleback under the city in the sewers because it's. Have you ever been to Winnipeg? Of course I've been to okay. Winnipeg. Okay. Case in point, Winnipeg. Uh, they have an entire – a duplicate city under the city because it gets so cold there in the winter. That's true. They hibernate during the winter you need in the to, duplicate city. If you need city. to get around town, if you need to walk, say, down to Henderson Street. Yeah. Like, okay. I need to go to the CVS. Sure. In Winnipeg. You can go from uh, H Street down to Henderson Street. Sure. Just by, and I'm just making those names. Those are arbitrary. Sure, yeah. Don't go looking for the CVS on H Street and Henderson and Street. Winnipeg, we all know H Street and Henderson don't cross. And Winnipeg, don't write me letters. All right, I don't yeah. want to hear from your attorneys. I mean, I'd love to get some mail, though. No, it's I, nice. You know what? Snail mail, they call it. Sure. Quote, unquote, snail Yeah, mail. I mean, it gets there me pretty fucking fast. Hey, listen, those are our tax dollars at work. And can you believe that you can write something onto a postcard Pop it in a box, a magic box, and then a mere three to five weeks later, a friend will get it. Receives it in the mail. They're like, look at that. They're like, look, I just opened up this box. There was nothing in it yesterday. Now there's something in it. What's wrong with Scott is what they say when they see the postcard. Exactly. Why did he write me? Yeah. This is strange. (laughs) This is odd. So So automatic for the people. Automatic for the people. This is a a huge – Let's get some facts. Yeah. I I already – Spotted a few uh, errors fact-wise on the, on in the this Wikipedia? Wikipedia thing. What are the errors? Okay, it says it's released October 5th, 1992. Yes. And then it has a citation. So as far as I'm concerned, 
It's backed up by a citation. I think that's true. I'm not, you know, I'm not out there looking for. Oh no, that that's. I remember it co- when it came out, it was big deal. Uh, I was just. Did you, were, at, you, were you thinking? Oh my god, it's 26 days till Halloween. Them saying they recorded demos for Drive, Try Not to Breathe, and Night Swimming at Paisley Park. Uh, I don't think that's. I know Night Swimming was. Uh, they were they were working on it during out of time, but Drive and Try Not to Breathe. I don't think they were demoing it. You're getting very then. specific. We're just talking about the album as a. Yeah, you're right. Let's just talk I'm, about. I'm it just saying the the errors in okay. The so Wikipedia, you're on notice. Yeah, I I'm gonna keep my eye on. Why you. don't you? Here's here's something. Go clean it up on I Wikipedia. Could. You know what? I just might. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> I bet by the time this help, this episode comes out, <laughs> that'll be correct. It'll be corrected with multiple citations. Yeah. All right. So 1992, October 5th. Yeah. Um, you probably just paid the rent. Um, maybe this is the last day that it's still on time. Like you can be five days late. I remember when this came out, I was still up in Santa Cruz. I hadn't come down to Los Angeles. Did for you ever my go to college? Year of, I can't remember. Yeah, I was in between years at acting school, and I mm-hmm. and I uh, was about to leave to come back. And uh, so this wait, wait, wait. You out. you would graduate because in the last one, out of time, you were a senior. Senior in high school, and that was nineteen ninety one. Ninety one went to. Acting school, fall of 91. Spring of 92, I had the summer break. Mm-hmm. Went back to Santa Cruz to work delivering pizzas. Where were you delivering these pizzas? A place called Pizza My Heart in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you work there? Like, did was it the pizza, like, the place that you went to all the time? or was It was. It, it was, it was like, hiring or It was what? The, the place where you could buy a slice of pizza in Santa Cruz. Is it still there? Yeah. Actually, I just had a slice uh at the San Jose Airport, they have a little mm, cut out there. What were you doing at the San Jose Airport? Uh, I was catching a flight oh, the other day. That's that's one reason to go to the yeah. airport. Certainly. I also, well, you never know. I go to the airport sometimes just to hang. Mm-hmm. For out. pizza as hang well. Um, so you were delivering pizzas in the summer. You, delivering pizzas. Uh, you hadn't gone back to school yet. Right. So I go my, my school year, the second year of this particular acting school, I think it starts mid-October because the first year students come in. As, and they need to get acclimated, and then yeah. you guys need to come in and beat we them all up. Be the, we're the kings. But I act better than you by yeah. one year. Yeah, I've been here exactly nine months longer than you, so <laughs> yeah. I'm better. Mm-hmm. So, and and what, do you want to say the name of that school? The American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Oh, it's in it's uh, here now. It's in Pasadena at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. I feel like we've talked about this. A sure, lot. but uh, I don't. Remember you know what I noticed? You ever said <laughs> listening today to our first episode? Mm-hmm. I noticed that we talked about the Drive Shaft, the band yes, from Lost. I know <laughs> it just, keeps coming up because I think it's in your head anytime. It is, but every time we bring it up, we're both like, "Is that the name is of that the, the band?" Of the, yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's uh, did did we call it Crankshaft? That that cartoon. You know that newspaper strip cartoon, Crankshaft? No, no, no. <laughs> About the old man. But is the Lost Band Crankshaft? Or no, it's Driveshaft. It's Driveshaft. But I think someone, I think one of us called it Crankshaft. Okay. Um, so 92, you're about to go into acting school. When you're in acting school, suddenly you're in college. You, since the last record's come out, you're in college now. Do you have, you have just as much time to go listen to music, go hang out at record stores? Yeah, uh yes. I Even mean more that's time. essentially all I would do is uh is that. I mean, okay, so I I don't maybe later when we're talking about the record we talk about it, but the the fall and the late the late summer of 92 is when 
my friends and I up in Santa Cruz, we hear on the radio them announcing an REM video that's going to be shooting soon. Oh, that's right. And if you want to be a part of this video, call this number. And if you call a certain time, you might Was be it 1 800 Eat Shit? Yeah. So we all called 1 800 Eat Shit and we got a special number and we all got chosen to come be extras in an REM video. Unpaid extras? Yes. So Absolutely. it's not like you're being chosen. You're basically there like, oh, looking for free. Sure. But for us, it was like we were winning Super sweepstakes. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was like we the were phrase all that pays. so into them. And, it, and then getting this, uh, this opportunity to come down. So we all drove down here. Which month is this? Because August, probably. August, okay. And it was so fun. I think it was like four or five friends and I. And, and we this, all is, drove this down. is, by the way, they play when you shoot a video, they play the song over and over and over again, right? Did yeah. they do that this time? Yeah, and we hadn't heard you any hadn't of heard, the new music. And yet. what song is it? Drive. Drive. So it's the video where Michael Stipe is being hoisted around like crowd surfing crowd for surfing, the whole right. video. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, it's like. 200 people there, I guess. And for, I think, two or three nights, we were out there all night. Uh, so it was like 18 dozen people. Yes, 18 dozen. It was a good Baker's 18 dozen. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was pretty amazing. It was like getting to go and be in a shoot with the Beatles. Like, it was crazy. And they were at the height. I mean, this is pre automatic for the people. Out of time was huge, like we were saying in the last. Episode and the guys, the guys in the band would like just kind of stand there, and you could walk up to them and ask them questions. Right? Do and, you remember asking them questions? Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> asking Mike Mills, like walking up and just like I can't believe it's him. He's just standing there, <laughs> and then realizing I had nothing to say. But I do but remember everything to say as well. I remember hearing that John Paul Jones was going to was working on the album from Led Zeppelin, capacity. the bassist yeah. of Led Zeppelin. But at the time, being 19, I I thought we my group of friends and I thought like all that classic rock shit that was all old garbage. Right. Like yeah. it has to be new. Everything old is stupid. Right. So I had thrown out all my Zeppelin. No. Yeah, I just kind of, you know it was just a dumb thing. I was I was like if it's not Sonic Youth, if it's not the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. REM. If it's not new, it just it's meaningless. That's mm-hmm. the old guard. So I asked him. I remember just being like. So what's up with John Paul Jones? <laughs> <laughs> like genius. Probably yeah. one of the – probably out of the four guys in Led Zeppelin, maybe the most musically advanced yes. guy. I mean like, a yeah. brilliant Yeah, like brilliant, brilliant dude. Person. And it, probably a year later I went and repurchased all of right. my Led Zeppelin yes. records. Yes. I remember doing that with all of my – Huey Lewis in the news record, even uh-huh. even some Cure records. I yeah. remember like Disintegration. I was like, eh, yeah. they sold out. I don't want. And I, I, I remember getting rid of, rid of all. all Eric Clapton, mm-hmm. ev- just everything that was like classic rock. Yeah, and then rebuying them all. I remember yes. the Cars, and I love the Cars and Heartbeat City. I love that record. I that it record was like, is... got rid of them all. I'm like, no, this is played on top forty. Forget it. The Cars are incredible. Yeah. They so deserve good. a podcast. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I asked him that thinking like, oh, yeah, like, Mike Mills going to dish on John Paul Jones so you with think, me? You think Mike Mills is going to be like, I'm so glad that you yeah, said yeah. that. Like, Can oh I my talk God. to you, nineteen, dirty 19-year-old, about – He's such a bummer to be around. Yeah. He was like, oh, he's a nice guy. He uh, helped us out, you know. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, I'm not getting much there. I said, so what's the new, the new stuff like? 
And he said, <laughs> he said, more of the same, lots of keyboards and, uh, you know, guitars and stuff. <laughs> so that was, about, that was okay. the extent of the couple of great, I, I, um, great questions. I would love to have him on this show so you can ask him those questions again. I know. See how he reacts. See how he reacts. What if, if he, he remembers? in exactly the same way. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. It was like keyboards and keyboards, guitars Lots and stuff. of keyboards. <laughs> but it was an, an incredible experience, especially for, you know, we're young and we were so into this band. So we would stand out there in a crowd of a couple hundred people. Michael Stipe would get up on a ladder and the camera's on a crane up above him. He would get on a ladder. That's so and then, evocative. You're really painting the picture. This is amazing. <laughs> they would play the song. He would get out onto the crowd and we would just carry him around as he lip synced into the camera. And we did that for like two whole nights. And then two would, nights of yeah, this. Yeah. Wow. And then you would go, I remember at one point I was standing in a small crowd surrounding Peter Buck and he's standing he was like at the bartender or something like that. Or what was he doing? No, he's, he's, he's standing there just with a guitar and they started spraying us with a fire hose. <laughs> Like, did they tell you they were going to do this? Yeah. And so it was freezing cold, and it was, you know, in the middle of the night. And then I remember they started spraying us with a hose while we were carrying Michael Stipe around, too. It's just a small section of the song, and they show a little of this footage. But I remember at one point, when we all started being sprayed with the hose, people started freaking out a little bit. And it was a crowd of a couple hundred people. And I remember I had to, like, crouch down and – kind of shield my face from the water because there was so much water I felt like I was going to drown. I mean, you're not a merman. I'm not a merman. I don't have gills, It's like there's only so much water that can be sprayed on you before you're like, ah, human being here. I need a little oxygen. Uh, How about a little... AIR, if you know what I mean. A little O, like take out the the two particles of hydrogen and just give me the O. Yeah. You know? Uh, but it was uh, really cool. And they, uh, they uh, one night I remember they, while everyone was eating, they played a bunch of songs from the record. Like on a, on a stereo. On a, on a sound system. So we got to, oh, I remember cool. hearing Man on the Moon and just mm-hmm. being like, what the fuck is this? What is this the is, moon? Yeah, what what is a man? What is that? <laughs> uh, and I... They played Monty Got a Raw Deal, I think. They played a few, Find the River, maybe. Are you visible in the video if people were I to watch went, this video? When it came out back then, mm-hmm. I went through it frame by frame <laughs> on a VHS cassette. Right. And I, there are times when I think it's me. I haven't gone through it since uh, since. I, so any of our sharp-eyed listeners, usually you say sharp-eared when people are listening. But if you're listening and you have sharp eyes. Sure. Or sharpies. Many of them do, I'm sure. Uh, go through that video and try to pick out uh, what are you wearing? Do you remember in it? I do not. Something maybe kind of tight or maybe <laughs> maybe a t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> did you show up wearing an REM t-shirt? I did not. Okay, too bad. So this is exciting for you. You're you're and are you talking to all of your friends? Or are you saying like, hey, I'm in the video? I mean, it was beyond exciting. We were all. Beside ourselves, uh, and um, uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff that ha- – oh, I remember River Phoenix was oh, there yeah. to just, like, hang out with Michael Stipe. They were friends, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, they did a little – I remember seeing them – it was at the dam in the Sepulveda Dam over in um, in the valley, uh, and they did a little – I remember seeing them get to – because we were all just out in the open in this giant, like, <laughs> quarry. 
And so we could see like half a mile away, they're getting their picture if taken. If you want the rock, you got to go to the quarry. And there's still, there's still, you see publicity <laughs> photos from that, from that particular. Didn't shoot. I read a um, story about Michael Stipe saying that someone came and got into an argument with River Phoenix there? Like, I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, I don't know. Someone, like some other famous person. Yeah. I don't know. I may not have seen him there, or maybe I heard later he was there, but for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I remember. Someone right. saying River Phoenix was there, but it was really fun, and uh, and it was it was just incredible to see them to be there in the middle of them making a video. Uh, it was and is this your first unbelievable true foray into the film business? This is the first time I was ever on camera. On camera, wow! Sure. So 1992, that's exciting for you. Do you remember picking up the record? I do. I remember the October 5th going and getting it and coming back and listening to it. Okay. All right. As you would. But it was also, you know, Drive is a really dark, spare song. And after, like we were talking about uh, with Out of Time, after a kind of light, sort of airy uh, album with a couple, like, bouncy, sort of jokey songs. Some Beach Boys pastiches. Yeah, I wasn't sure, like, was Drive going to be another kind of, is the video going to be Is it going to be, like, like, Stand again? Yeah, yeah. so hearing this song when we were out there, it was like, whoa, this is is different. Amazing. And I remember at some times, at some points, he would sit on the ladder while we're waiting for camera or whatever, and he would, he grabbed a... uh, Bullhorn? A bullhorn and would just start answering questions from the audience. Really? So, yeah. And what types of questions were it like? So remember, what's up with this John Paul Jones guy? Yeah. I remember someone <laughs> saying, uh, what do you think about Howard Stern? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and this was back when Howard Stern was. Pre-private parts where he gained some sort of like semblance of like respect. Yeah. He was right. like, at his, he was like gathering his, it was like. Right before Fart Man happened, right, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember Michael Stipe just being like, I don't like Howard oh. Stern at all. Really? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> but this was like, you I know. I wonder if he's been on it since. Probably. Wow. I mean, I think at the time I thought, you know, it was like the height of like PC. But uh-huh. I remember my friend Michael was like, how's the new 10,000 Maniacs album? Oh, Jesus. That, I, that's even worse than the Howard than Stern the Howard question. Stern question yeah. You know, like, here's something that you're going to appreciate. Yeah. Here's oh. a question that you will like. Oh, 100%. That's yeah. all we were all trying to do is say uh, things that would make us seem cool. I cannot stand anytime anyone asks uh, a question at a talkback or something like that. And I've had right. to moderate several of them. I know. And uh, there's something about when people get in front of that, like in that situation, they just want to seem smart or they want to seem cool or. And uh, you can that times a thousand was me in any right. of those situations. It was I saw one that unbearable. Steve Martin did in Vancouver, and it was just and all, he talked for like ten minutes and then just took questions, yeah. and they were the worst questions I'd ever yeah. heard. In my life. Well, people, you know, it's it's hard when you're. I mean, I can think back to this and think. I mean, how would I ever come up with something intelligent to say these are like the people yes. who I thought were the coolest people in the world? Mm-hmm. It's not like, and it's 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 not like you're a music theorist who could be like, why did you yeah, use the drop exactly. tuning for <laughs> exactly? Yeah, and they were putting out what ended up being a uh, masterpiece. So I was really, uh, mm-hmm. it was really cool to be there for it. 1992. I was in October of 1992. What was going on with Scott Ackerman? I was in Sacramento, California. I had moved to Sacramento. Why? I was doing uh, a show at the Sacramento Theater Company. 
And doing I doing a lot of theater in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. I was doing a Christmas Carol at Sacramento <laughs> Theater. Who are you Company. playing? I was Fred, um, the the uh, his nephew. Uh, Scrooge's yeah. nephew, and yeah, then I was yeah, yeah. also young Scrooge. Oh, when so it you were the past. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to change pants between uh, <laughs> I characters? Un- I unfortunately did. Uh, I believe. Yeah, it was a terrible situation for me. I hate changing pants. Um, so I was in Sacramento. Just generally, you do not like changing. pants. I don't like it. No. Sure. I was living uh, in an apartment on 14th and N Street, over by the Compton's Liquor. Hmm. Um, and when it would get dark, uh, I was advised not to walk around Sacramento, downtown mm. Sacramento, as it was too dangerous. Mm. Um, and I have a lot of, like, sort of memories wrapped up in that apartment, weirdly. I was only there for three months. I did the show for three but months. But it was an intense experience, so it really the, the Actually, made a mark. because I, I had to move. For, I stayed with a, a nice, like, older couple. For, they put me up for a little while. Yeah. Basically, the theater was in charge of where you stayed. So they put me up with a nice, older couple. And I remember that. That was in more suburban Sacramento. And it, this is right before the election. Yeah. Um, so actually in October, I'm staying there probably yeah. um, because I remember like watching Saturday Night Live, uh, the Dana Carvey doing Perot and, yeah. and Bush. Yeah. Uh, in that house, um, I remember voting for Clinton in yeah. that house. Like, you know, I remember all of that. And, and Sacramento is the state capital. So there's, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I walked right by the state capital during this time, you know. It was really exciting when Bill Clinton was, mm-hmm. was, uh, running and stuff. And it was one. It was very exciting. And then I moved to this apartment and I, I just, I have so many memories tied up in that apartment of, um, but but my one REM memory from this period is in that apartment. Um, I would host like poker games over uh-huh. there for the cast. Um, to and and I remember my uh, my friend coming over. I think her name was Michelle. I can't remember her name, but she came over and she saw that um, basically I traveled around with a, a steamer trunk full of CDs. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, instead of leaving them. At my parents' house sure. or whatever. Well, I, you had to have your music. I had with to have you. my music, so yeah. I traveled around with them so heavy. I actually threw out threw out my back trying to pick these I'm up sure. when I was it's, moving. It was incredibly heavy. Yeah. So she saw all of these CDs and she's like, "Wow, you're really into music. What type of music are you into?" I'm like, oh, "I'm into alternative." Yeah. You know. If you look at me, you could probably tell. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm different. dressed as Fred Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, These jodhpurs aren't here for nothing. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know what band? I uh, just got their record, uh, and I really like it, and its alternative is R.E.M. I got Automatic for the People. Do you like R.E.M.? And I kind of like – haughtily sniffed. Uh, I said, I used to like R.E.M. Uh, yeah. Like, why aren't I just being cool with her She's and like, be yeah, like, sure, they're great. oh, yeah, they're great. You know, instead I'm like. <laughs> so it didn't even occur to you that maybe you could at some point have sexual intercourse with this person? We were just friends. But, oh, okay. I mean, I guess I could have sexual intercourse with any human being that I see. Of course. But I'm just thinking as a I could have sex with you right man, now if I wanted man. to. Of course you could. As a young man in your early 20s and striking up a conversation about alternative music. I think that we, there was an age difference between me and her. I think not that that's a bad thing. I mean, my wife right now is ten years younger than me, but I, oh, I think, she was younger than you. no. I think she was ten years older than oh, me. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, it, but you know, when you're in a play with people, it's just you have friends of you know. I had like fifty year old friends who would come oh. over. Uh, I actually there's there's this one uh, the 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 
uh, Tiny Tim part was played by two different girls. Uh-huh. Who, one was five and one was four and a half yeah. because they couldn't all both yeah, be yeah, at yeah. every one couldn't be at every performance. Yeah. But I remember this very clearly. I was thinking about this last night when I was thinking about this time period. Um, there was one. The five-year-old was like bright and cheery and a good actress, uh-huh. and everyone loved her uh-huh. and was like so happy to be around her. And then the four and a half-year-old was like mean and sullen oh. and uh, like kind of a pill to be around. And I remember at one point I was talking to her backstage, and I was like just trying to talk to a four yeah. and a half-year-old girl, and she said something really mean to me. I can't remember what it was. She said something so mean to me, and I went, oh, "All right," and I walked away. And then. Uh, cut to a couple hours later, rehearsal ends, and she comes up with her mom, and she's crying because her mom had seen this. And she says, I want to apologize to you. My father left my mother a few years ago, and it's really messed me up, and I'm what? and I'm going to therapy for she's this. She's four and a half? She's four and a half. She's like, I'm going to therapy, but it's very hard for me. She's four and a half? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure she wasn't like eight and a half? I mean, I know the difference between four and a half. No, I know, and eight but no, no. This was so it was the weird. most advanced, and I was it just like melted my heart, and I was like, oh, so I actually was like, that's where I I saw, oh wow, she's just acting out all the time yeah. because of this. So I would, um, I had very limited money. Like yeah. I think I we, I was getting paid one hundred and sixty five dollars a week to yeah. be in this show, but if I ever had like five dollars extra. Uh, I would get like a, a sticker book or a, Aww. you know, anyway. But I was thinking about this because this is 1992. Yeah. She would be now. Uh, in her 30s. In her 30s. Like, where are you? I don't remember Wait, her name. She, uh, 1992. So it was 20. 26 years ago. So yeah, she'd 20. be Right? Is it 26? She'd be 30. Yeah, she'd be 30 right 30 now. 30 years old. Isn't that old. crazy? I wonder who it is. I wonder she, who it is. Because yeah. I know a, a dude from that show. Uh-huh. Is in comedy now. He's one of the Sketchfest uh, guys. Whoa. One of the four, you know, Janet uh, Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had a podcast. Uh, and and about three years into comedy, we were both talking about Sacramento, and we both realized both of us were in the show, and Whoa. we knew each other. Back Did then. he remember this little girl? Uh, he doesn't remember her. Oh. No, but it, like he was fourteen, I think, at the time, and yeah. I was uh, twenty-two at the time. So you know that you you like. Getting her little presents and stuff, like, that stuff, that's really valuable. Like, that really makes a, well, what I'm a saying difference it, for it her. That's is, so nice. I would spend, like, $5 a week on this. I want my money back. Yeah, well, she's 30 now. Chances she's are probably she has a job. afford it. I hope she's not living off the government. You know what? She's probably super rich. <laughs> Let's find her. And get that. Like, how much total do you think she owes? Probably it? like $25, but yeah. with interest? At, I mean, this is $25 in 1992 So money. with interest, it's like $18,000. It's probably that much. I want my money. Anyway. Scott deserves his money. I deserve it. Look, we need to take a break. All right? Yeah. When we come back, we're going to go through Automatic for the People song by song. Song by song. Or that is our we promise in, to you. If we were in New York... Song by song. Song <laughs> by song. All right, we're going to come right back. We will be right back with more. Are you talking REM, read me? Are you talking REM, read me? After this. Hey, everyone. Before we get to Are You Talking, REM, read me, I want to tell you about Lisa. Lisa is an innovative 
direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious, a lot like the band R.E.M. In fact, Lisa is the R.E.M. of mattresses. I've always said it. In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program, and not to mention with a patented Universal Adaptive Feel, which is a great R.E.M. song title, in my opinion, Universal Adaptive Feel, for one of their later records. Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers, and right now Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa Pillow, Blanket, Foundation, and Frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free Available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping, this 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or you could try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, NYC, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Get $125 off and a free pillow when you go to lisa.com slash R-E-M. That is L-E-E-S-A dot com slash R-E-M. Welcome back. We're talking about Automatic for the People, 1992, right before the election. The second uh, record that they put out right before the election? Well, I mean, I know the green that we were just hearing get up from was uh, literally the day of the election. Yeah. In the U.S., at least. Um, And this one's right before the – right before Slick Willie is elected. Exactly uh, four years later, almost to the Mm -hmm. day, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Automatic for the people. Let's talk about it. This is – there, you were saying uh, you believe it's their masterpiece. I would say that uh, in terms of music critics, many would agree. Yeah, I feel like it's um, it. Uh, I mean, it it was kind of met with acclaim, and it was uh, yeah. It seems like, and since it's kind of seen as a peak of theirs, uh, mm-hmm. certainly by now. It, it it feels like the members of the band even are now acknowledging it. As. That this is the zenith of artistic achievement, or just being in a band, or I think artistic achievement. I you know they they had the anniversary um, of the twenty fifth anniversary recently, and Mike Mills said something about like our confidence was at an all time high because we just had this big success with Out of Time, and it kind of felt like we could do anything. We could you know move in a particular direction and people would listen to it so we could take some more kind of creative risks and and stretch ourselves a little bit. You know what's interesting in doing some research about the record uh, as as we've spoken about on previous episodes uh, from here on in I have not heard any of the records in total. I've heard s- the singles uh, but uh, this is my first time listening to it. Um, uh, and and I did some research about uh, after I listened to it, I went and looked up some things. And what's interesting to me is they thought this would not be popular. Right. They thought this was going to be a not a failure, but uh, there's a quote where they're like, well, I don't know, maybe it only sells two million, but fuck it, that's okay. Two million, two million's okay. I mean, obviously, no one's going to like it more than than the last one. Right. Because it's. Because because the material's darker. Is because that the material's kind of- darker. I don't think they had like one of those big poppy singles that yeah. they had on the pra- the past two records. Yeah. So I think they were just sort of hedging their bets of like proud of it, but uh, people aren't going to like this. And when it came out, Mike Mills and Peter Buck did all the press. Michael Stipe didn't promote it. Michael at Stipe all. is just uh, totally a wall. Yeah. Uh, what does a wall stand for? 
Um, is that like Robert Wall? Yeah, Marlis? it's all Robert Wall references. I mean, I will say the thing that we didn't talk about last time with Out of Time is that for the first time, they really made a took a step up towards popular. Like Michael Stipe was lip syncing in the videos for the first time ever. He They've, had never done that before. They they started making these artistic videos. The videos for this one, I mean, you got to see this. Uh, there's this one they they filmed up in Santa Cruz where uh, Michael Stipe is. Um, being like lifted up uh, by a bunch of like dirty like emo kids. Yeah, that it's a really good video. Um, that was at, shot in Los Angeles. It was in Los Angeles. Yeah. Why didn't you ever say that? I said we all drove down to Los Angeles from Santa oh, Cruz. I was and, tuning out. Anyway, so for out of time for the first time he was lip syncing in the videos. He was doing a lot of press at, and really stepping up as the front man and as a pop star. And I remember when Out of Time was a big deal, they were on the cover of Rolling Stone for like the second time in a year. And I remember on the on the cover it said, Michael Stipe, the Rolling Stone interview. And it was just weird to see that and, and recognize that this person is now a big pop star and everyone knows who it is. So he really stepped – so I think this, not doing press for this, was kind of stepping back a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. being a little freaked out about – that he's uh, uh, these guys from what people say about them they're pretty much just normal dudes who like to play music but yep. suddenly when you're one of the, you know in one of the most famous bands in the world it gets to be a lot uh, yep. several of them talk about like it all it really they haven't changed there's this one hilarious uh, Michael Stripe um, Michael Stripe <laughs> uh, interview where he's like uh, Kurt Loder is interviewing him and uh, Kurt's like Oh, uh, so yeah. Uh, what happened so, to Kurt Loder, by the way? I love he's still Kurt around. Loder. Yeah, he still writes and stuff. He's like, but he's like, uh, so what's changed? You know, with all of your fame and your money, and he's yeah. like, and Michael Stripe goes, uh, <laughs> nothing's changed. I mean, I'm not like eating something different for breakfast. Which, like, when you get more money, yeah, you probably do eat something different for breakfast. Like, you eat something different for breakfast than you did when you were broke, right? Uh, what are you eating? Bowl of cereal. Okay. But, but okay, but listen, but, if I'm staying at a hotel or something, it's sure. like, oh, I'm at a hotel and I'm eating a fancy breakfast. That would I never I'm, I would never be able to do that. I guess what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, I I now eat egg whites or, you know, sure. you know what I mean? Like sure. so, uh, but but he's saying like nothing's different except for uh now people come up to me all the time and yeah. it just goes which isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, they're, they're at the peak of their popularity, and they put out this record, and let's get to the songs. What do you say? Sure. All right, so this is the first song. This is on side one. This is the drive side. We got the drive side, ride side. Um, sort of like uh, Rage Side, Page Side. I didn't even realize that they did that for this album. Too. Because you got it on CD. and it's I guess by this thing. time, yeah. there were just not really sides anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Except for they did put out records and they did have sides. Okay, yes. so this is... And tapes. <laughs> this is... So dr- it's meaningless what I just said. <laughs> this is Drive. This is the first single and the first song on the record. They're counting it off. I love that. Another one to the rack, baby. 
rock and roll Nobody tells you where to go What if I ride? What if you walk? What if you rock around the clock? Tick-tock, tick-tock, What if you did? What if you walk? What if you tried to get off? Nobody tells you what to do, baby Hey, hey, kid, shake your leg Maybe you're crazy in the head kind of don't want to stop because I'm, I want to get to this so cool good. part here Maybe you did, maybe you walked Maybe you rocked around the clock Maybe I ride, maybe you walk, maybe I try to get on, baby. Hey, there it is, pretty rad. Maybe you're crazy played that with a, a quarter, I think, like Brian May did, like, use a quarter as a pick. With inflation these days, you'd have to use a Bitcoin. Oh, man. Or at least a silver dollar, right? Um, okay, so... So as a first single, this is a pretty gutsy, weird song to put out. Pretty weird song. Um, so me, my, my reaction to it... Um, yeah. I mean, do you remember it from back then? Uh, this song? So not really. It yeah. wasn't like a big single, so uh, um, it was more of a "This is what we're up to now." We'll release. Yeah, the hits I, I wasn't really checking yeah. in. Like the first time I became aware of any song on this record was I, I remember seeing the videos to "Everybody Hurts" and um, also "Man uh, on the Moon." Man on the Moon. Those yeah. are the only two songs I knew on this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but as a reaction to the previous record. Um, you know, when it starts off with the acoustic guitars, I'm like, oh, we're back into the coffee house yeah. kind of acoustic guitar slow song. Yeah. I found it very thrilling when suddenly all the strings come up. And yeah. then when that electric guitar hit, I was like, oh, he's yeah. back. Yeah. He's back doing the guitar. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, just listening to it now, I'm like, this is weird music. This is a weird Song like it's not what is that this? weird? It's, well, it's like pretty weird rock and roll. It's like you know. But have guitars. you ever heard a guitar being played on a song before? <laughs> I admit, weird. I I admit I haven't. Um, so what did you think of of it though? Like you you thought it was thrilling that it felt different, darker, maybe a little less. Well, uh, we talked about the last record, how it's kind of patchy to me of like. If I'm a fan of Michael Stipe, like this girl who came over is like, you know what al- what alternative act I like mm-hmm. is is REM. Um, I I'm expecting a certain type of album, mm-hmm. and this fits in with what I think yeah. 
and and spoiler alert of what I think of the whole record. The whole record is like that. The whole record is like what I thought out of time would be. Right. Does that make sense? Like, right. It's an REM like a bit, record, a it, bit heavier subject matter, and an artistic statement in full. Yes. You know it, what I mean? It feels like all of one one yes. piece. Yes. So I, and not only that though, like the last one, which I kind of felt like, okay, they're all playing different instruments, which yeah. they they do on this record. I read. But they they all get bored. They got bored with that traditional sound they did, so they all start picking up different yep. instruments. Um, on the last record, I thought some of the playing was maybe slightly rudimentary. Uh-huh. And so it's just when I heard that guitar solo and the musicianship yeah. come in of everything, I yeah. was like, oh, okay, they're back. They're, they're no longer just kind of fiddling around yes. with – what else could we do? Now they're perfecting it. Yeah, I think I hadn't really thought about it like that before until we recorded the Out of Time one, but I think Out of Time very much is a transitional record. It's mm-hmm. them taking this, like testing the waters before they really it's jump like, in. Yeah, I mean, you've been to like the beach before. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to just jump into the water. No, no. Because no, it, no, could, no, no, no. it could be boiling hot. Yeah. You got to test that water. You could burn your skin off uh, in the seawater. Mm-hmm. It happens all the happens time. happens all the time to people on vacation. Um, so I, I thought, I, uh, while I wouldn't say it's like, wow, this is my favorite REM song yeah. of all time, the production on it is exceptional. And those, yeah, those are the John Paul Jones strings there. He, yes. He um, arranged the strings for like four songs. And, and I'm excited to hear more of the yeah. record when I hear that. Yeah. All right, let's go to track two. This is Try Not to Breathe. Sounds a little like shout. I will try not to breathe. I can hold my head still with my hands and my knees. His eyes are the eyes of the old, shivering and bold. I will try not to breathe. Decision is mine, I have lived a full life. These are the eyes that I want you to remember. I need something to fly over my grave. I need something to breathe. If people are uh, interested in hearing this song in full, they can go to a great podcast that uh, we both listen to. Uh, the uh, Song Exploder podcast actually breaks this song down and takes out parts of it um, and and shows you all of the different parts in it. That's a great podcast uh, hosted by uh, a, a great dude, uh, uh, Rishikesh uh, Hirway. I, I know I'm butchering, butchering his Rishikesh name. Rishikesh Hirway? Rishikesh Hirway. I just know, I hear him say it yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. on his West Wing R- podcast. Rishikesh Hirway, yeah. right? Um, who's a cool dude. He does the West Wing uh, yeah. podcast as well. But... Um, yeah, it's a waltz. It's like a sea shanty. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, and uh, it's about uh, Michael uh, is talking about his grandmother who's uh, going to pass away. Mm-hmm. Two, the, both of these songs are sort of about death. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that's a recurring theme for the album is death. 
Um, and it's about someone who is um, about to pass on mm-hmm. and uh, uh, try not to breathe. Yeah. Uh, making a choice about whether to continue or not. Yeah, it's. I think it's about, like, I'm ready to go is mm-hmm. sort of what they're saying and saying goodbye to their loved ones. Which I, you know, a lot of times when we have restaurant reservations, mm-hmm. to cool up, I'm like, I'm ready to go. And she's still putting on. Yeah. You know, or if I have to leave to go to work and I'm saying goodbye to my family for mm-hmm. the day, I, I say, uh, try not to breathe. Try not to breathe while yeah. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was saying it sounds like shout that little like when they're playing the triangle at the shout shout. Let's hear it one more time and I'll see if if what I'm saying is shout shout faster than shout though. Yeah, but anyway. So I don't know how you feel about this song, but I, I like but, it. Yeah, yeah, and and again, the production. I was going to mention about the the about Drive. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of mm-hmm. is it reminds me of uh, the first song on Elliot Smith's XO, mm-hmm. which was um, after putting out three records of pretty sparse acoustic ballads. Um, he did the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack, which had a little bit of a fuller sound, but yeah. still was very quiet songs. And then he put out XO, and I remember putting it on, and the first song is like a pretty sparse acoustic song, and suddenly huge loud drums and guitars uh-huh. come in, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, you're doing something different. Yeah. That's what Drive reminds me of. Um, the production of this sounds a lot like that of like, oh, wow, you guys have st- – it sounds expensive. Yeah. I know that's like, you know. No, you're right. I mean, they they were like New York, Miami. They went all – they traveled around making this album. Mm-hmm. It, you can – I mean, it is a it, – it's a song – when I was just listening to it, it was like these guys were at the peak of their powers. Like this is a deep, deep rich sounding song. Do they song. have superpowers? They do. I, th- I think that's my favorite R.E.M. song. That's your favorite R.E.M. song, Try, Try Not, Not to, to Breathe. breathe. What, what, uh, uh, what makes it your favorite? Is it the lyrics? Is it – Yeah, I think it's a culmination of all of it. The lyrics I think are perfect. They are spare – and direct, there isn't a wasted word. Uh, like a lot of times, you'll be listening to a song, and someone will throw in like you know hippopotamus. Yeah, just out like, of you nowhere. don't need that word. Just take it out. Yeah, cross it out. Every third word, you can take them out. Editing. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then also just a lot of times you'll be listening to a podcast, and the guys will be going on and on and on and on and droning on about like you know whatever Their favorite song, whatever <laughs> dumb shit they're talking about, and you're like, guys, stop editing, it. stop it. Um, I, there are a lot of sounds on that song that were new to REM. Like the, if we played a little further in the song, the Bill Berry's backing vocals that are kind of distorted. And then Mike Mills backing vocals that, that go really high. It's these new kind of confluence of sounds. On the song exploder, if you really want to get into it, listen to the song exploder. At one point, Mike Mills talks about how, um, and this is how much money they had to fuck around the studio. Um, they didn't know what he was going to do for the backups. Like, it's basically like just a couple of lines he's singing uh-huh. backups. And he's like, I told everyone to go home. I'm yeah. like, dude, these studios are really expensive. Yeah. You just told everyone to go home while you fucked around with Scott Litt in the studio? Yep. And he was just like trying shit out all night. And then at some, at some point he hits on the... And then the bridge. You said that sounded beautiful. Yeah. I think the it's my favorite bridge in their catalog as well. It's so big and it ends with this perfectly timed feedback. And in 1992, like it was 
right after kind of Nirvana hit a year after Nirvana hit and mm-hmm. that sound, it was them kind of acknowledging the time and the place and Gr- I don't know. grunge grunge mm-hmm. but also drive the power of drive to him saying hey kids like at the time they were like the most popular band with people are like people in their late mm-hmm. teens early 20s so him and it was the tail end of Reagan Bush so him saying hey kids and he's mentioned bushwhacked yeah it was really powerful it genuinely was mm-hmm. um, but try not to breathe yeah it's I think it may be my favorite of their songs do you do you relate to it on any sort of level of uh, loved ones yeah mm-hmm. and I also in acting school at the kind of dance movement class we had to take, we had to come up with our own project. And I did a, uh, a, uh, video slash dance, uh, thing and turned it into like a multimedia thing. And it was to try not to breathe. It was probably looking back. It was probably really stupid. You but, sound cool. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm going <laughs> to stop talking about that part of it <laughs> right now. All right. This is track three. And this is a song that, uh, I've read in interviews. They say doesn't fit on the album, but I got to say after those first two kind of somber ones, I really enjoy Me hearing too. this one. Me this too. is track three. The sidewinder sleeps tonight. Keyboards are like the lead instrument on this. This here is the place where I will be staying. There isn't a number you can call the paper. Let it ring a long, 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 long time. If I don't pick up, hang up, call back, let it ring some more. Oh, Really good. Yeah, so I'm curious. I love uh-huh. this song, but Stand and Shiny Happy People really annoy you. What is it about this one that's, that it's, feels okay? I d- I, there's something that's not as simple about it to uh-huh. me. Like Stand, the lyrics are so dumb. Uh, and he ad- he admits they're dumb. Yeah. Uh, shiny happy people. I just I don't know. The title annoys me. And is it like they were trying too hard to be funny and stupid with shiny happy people? Like the, the acknowledging whole, it too much. The whole idea of just shiny happy people yeah. and we're doing a song. I I, I don't know. It just yeah. really rubbed me the wrong way. Sure. But this. This uh, already the title is better. The sidewinder sleeps tonight. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's it's based. 
upon a song that I loved growing up, yeah. uh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Um, yeah, they is, give songwriting credit to, uh-huh, um, to the people who stole that song originally. Yes, they give songwriting credit to them. <laughs> really? It's like an old It's like an old song. African, yeah. well, not even old. It's like from, from the 1930s. Or so. There's a really fascinating article about it on Rolling Stone, the really? history of that song and who had to sue who to get, oh, to get credit for it. But I used to, when I was a kid, I used to like walk around singing like, oh, we mow it. Oh, we uh-huh. mow it. Oh, we mow it. Oh, we, I, I thought it was a we mow whip. So I'd go, we mow it. Did you find the REM version of it? The B-side? Yes. No, for, we're going to play that a little yeah. later. But um, I don't know. I just, I know it's a little, uh, the lyrics are a little uh, humorous or whatever. And he's laughing during during yeah. one of the, when he mentions Dr. Seuss. But I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's not as obvious if that yeah. makes sense. Well, it's a very me. weird song. Just musically, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, like the, it's basically it's like a keyboard song almost, like right, organs yeah. and the a little acoustic guitar yeah. in the back. But it also, um, it's it's what it's what Radiohead kind of talked about when uh, Tom York was saying like he really just likes uh, Nigel uh, Godrich yeah. to to do their albums because he's like uh, I remember them talking about it was either talking about that or the Beck album he did, but they kind of finished all the basic tracking. They were like, well, what else is there to do? And they're like, you know, all the bleeps and bloops that make people interested in listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it can't be too simple, and that's yeah. what this whole record is like. It's, like, got a lot of different sounds that kind yeah. of make... Songs can be kind of basic because they're repetitive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're suddenly strings yeah. well up, and whoa, the organ, yeah. you know, it's like constantly tricking the ear. That's that's another thing, is they had, one of the songs they had John Paul Jones do a string arrangement for is Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight, and it right. adds a real texture to this kind of bouncy, potentially dumb pop mm-hmm. song, and it just makes it interesting. And the lyrics are very weird and take some time to figure out, and what he's singing about is not altogether discernible what exactly he's getting at but it's interesting and fun and gotta say they might be giants beat him to the punch though with uh, doing a lion sleeps tonight inspired song by oh, about uh, five months or so in march mm. they put out apollo 18 and that had a uh, a song based on the lion sleeps tonight. not quite as popular though was it well popular in my house uh, by a mile who cares um okay this is the next song everyone knows this song this is everybody hurts I almost feel like we don't even need to really. I mean, everyone knows this song. Yeah. This is, but but in listening to, I I have to say I've never heard it in the context of the sequencing of this yeah. record. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely different hearing it after the first three songs, where yeah. it's like it's a nice welcome respite in a way uh, from the previous bouncy thing. Yeah. It's like it's it's it. Sequencing in records to me is about variety. It's all about yeah. like not having a consistent sound for too long. Yeah. And this is really nice after the big bouncy f- yeah. fun one to do this kind of almost I guess fifties inspired soul type. Yeah, it's it's like a, an old Stax record mm-hmm. sort of or have you Otis ever, Redding. Have or you something. ever listened to a Stax record? Well, I, I or used, are you just saying that because someone no, else I got, has said that? No, I got really into like uh, probably from like an interview with them or something. But I did. 
when I was a teenager, I got really into this one best of Otis Redding. Oh yeah, me too. Compilation and, and just I got, loved I, all that stuff because uh, because of Pretty in Pink to me because he sings oh, really? yeah, yeah, a little yeah, tenderness. Yeah, yeah. So I picked up the best of Otis Redding. Yeah. I listened to that all the time. Uh, that may have been what inspired That's me as so well. Funny. But also Sam and Dave and all that. Mm-hmm. But this really sounds like an old like Otis Redding. Uh, Arrangement, yeah, yeah. Of like a classic song. Apparently, Bill Berry. Bill Berry wrote the, the yeah. three chords, he yeah. says. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, that's a classic. Uh, so far, four songs. I'm into Pretty it. Pretty great. I mean, Everybody Hurts, it's interesting because it wasn't a single until like almost a year after the album came yeah, out. Yeah, it was some, somewhere so for, in, uh, they have it right here. In 93, uh, right? It was a single? Yeah, April 15. So we're talking, oh, okay, yeah. like six so, months later. Yeah, yeah. So for a while, it was just one of the songs on the album, and it was, it's a huge it's song. The, it's the, maybe one of the most recognizable R.E.M. Yeah. songs. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Um, but as an album track, it was like, wow, this is really powerful and everything. But then it comes out as a single in that video, and it's just mm-hmm. everywhere. Also played on played as like a joke song a lot a of lot. times. Because I think it was played maybe on The Real World when people were depressed and it became a cliche a little bit. Maybe. I, you know I, how I, MTV had the had license to use they whatever. whatever? They could they use want, any yeah. song they wanted on any of their yeah. shows. I think it was used on some of those shows so much it became a cliche and so it it's one of those things where if you're filming a comedy video and someone gets upset if this song plays people go ha ha It's ha, like ha. a punchline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and they let it was uh, also in a Puff Daddy video wasn't someone singing mm. it at a prom or oh, something? I don't know. Like I feel like it's been a punchline a few times. Interesting, because it's so earnest and hard on its sleeve, which hard is on. is really uh, commendable. But you know, it kind of gets out there. It's but it is incredible. Like this song, "End of the World as We Know It." There are these songs that have just are so transcended, in, yeah, in culture into, still, yeah, where where. But it was it was great to listen to it with fresh ears and in the context of like I'm listening to a sequence of twelve songs yeah. and this is number four. And so, and what did you think think of the song as a song? I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I ha- I'm not burnt out on it like because I haven't listened to this album over and over. Yeah. Like some U2 records, you know, like we talk about Joshua Tree. Yeah. Those first four songs I've heard so many times yeah. in my yeah. life that I'm like. They're they're not even songs to me yeah. anymore. They're experiences yeah. or I mean they're Memories. pieces they're pieces of content. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is track five, New Orleans instrumental number one. Second time they've counted on this record. Yeah. But the drive one's barely audible. This one's a little more audible, you're right. Audible.com. This, this was in um, Baby Driver. Did you notice that in Baby Driver? It's a Baby Driver? Yeah. It's not on the soundtrack. It's not. It's weird that it, it's it was we popped up in the movie and I was like, whoa. Whoa, bro. My favorite actor, Kevin Spacey. Yep. <laughs> it's funny, he didn't become your favorite actor until just recently, <laughs> yeah, which I, I thought was him. weird. <laughs> um this is a uh, a really cool instrumental. Uh, we yeah. kind of talk over it, but uh, it, it to me, like, I will say that this is sort of what I thought out of time was reaching for that it didn't achieve uh-huh. because of the inconsistency of it, where uh-huh. they could just put on an instrumental uh-huh. and be like, oh, wow, this is a cool break. Yeah, but to get to this, you have to kind of color outside the lines a little Shut bit up. on out of time. Don't you think, though? Like, end game, they're trying to... Turn, a- turn up the music so I can't hear him anymore. <laughs> No, but the instrumental on Out of Time. All right, that, I'll pause it. You can talk. That kind of 
rubbed you the wrong way for trying a little too hard. It's kind of what you have to go through in order to get something effortless and cool like that, right? What? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, this is the last song on the side before we take a break. This is Sweetness Follows. Ready in to bury your father and your mother What did you think when you lost another? I used to wonder why did you bother Distance from one to the other Listen here my sister and my what would you care if you lost the other? I always wonder why did we bother Distance from one to the other Oh, oh, oops, All right. So uh, I would say not my favorite song on the record, uh-huh. but interesting and yeah. definitely has enough like weird sounds in it to make me go, okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I, I think it's a beautiful song. It, it's uh, one What's it about, would you say? Kind of, I think it's uh, family and a death in the family and mm-hmm. kind of picking up and carrying on. Sweetness follows. What does that mean to you? Uh, sweetness is death, and it follows. Uh, you think death is sweetness, or maybe, maybe well, sweetness follows death? Would you think it's about dessert? <laughs> right. So it's about. So you eat a nice steak, the, and then well done, well of course. Done steak, and then charred to a crisp, and then dessert is something sweet, and it has poison in it, and it kills you. But this is great. I mean, this whole like orchestral feedback section here is pretty uh-huh. amazing. Like, this is really new sounds again. They're really, like, finding new stuff. Like, and just I, finding instruments that were left in the studio, like... Well, no, finding new stuff, just stuff on the floor, and then, like... like treasure? Yeah, like treasure chests filled with the musical ideas. I did notice in the... 25th anniversary and a lot of the reviews critics were really pointing to this as one that kind of surprised them that they had forgotten about and how good this song is it's like a grower I think it's definitely I've uh, I I will listen to this more yeah and uh, uh, at, at this point as of this recording I've only heard this record twice now yeah. I listened to it twice before we uh, listened to it because I was uh, I myself was out of time uh, but uh, <laughs> this is funny, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was yeah, good, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, so tell you what, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will have, uh, we'll talk about side two, the ride side. We'll be right back after this. Um, so I have a couple of guys here with me, and I wanted to bring them in because I wanted to talk about, um, fittingly, their own show. It's so, the boys, baby. Hi, pimp. Yep. 
This is Hayes. This is Sean. The host. I'm one of the boys. Hey, pimp. Hosts of Hollywood Handbook, and they are saying, "Hey, hey, pimp," to uh, me or the listeners. To I can't both, tell. To each other. To each other. Oh, yep. so you guys consider yourselves I always to be greet, pimps? I always greet Hayes with by honoring him by saying, mm. "The Hi, o- pimp, the honorable pimp." Yeah, and it didn't seem like anyone else was going to. I was greet certainly us, not. No, and no one else was going to say. I hi did pimp. introduce you. I wasn't going to say, "Hi, pimp," though. Okay, exactly, okay, and so yeah. that's why we feel like, okay, guess we're going to do it. All right, covering yeah. your bases. I got I to gotta cook my own meals on this one. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you guys want to talk about your show? No. Okay, let me... Um, you ever wonder what it's like to be in showbiz? Not really. <laughs> is this what they say about us? Hollywood Handbook is your insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. We came up with that a long time in ago. In the red carpet-lined back hallways of this industry we call showbiz. You guys actually wrote this copy? Uh, well, we said ago. that we say that on the show every episode. Thanks for being a fan. It's like the very beginning of the show. But I, this feels like a Chef Kevin copy to me. Yeah. Can I? Can we get confirmation on that? Yeah. Let's look to our. You're right in my left. He's nodding his head up and down. He's nervous Straight about talking on one of. The, uh, yeah. Like, no, I don't like. The, I don't. Ad. I don't like the engineers to get on mic. <laughs> Um, it's a podcast, right? That much is certain? Yes, that definitely yeah. we're learning is what it is. Okay, it's mm-hmm. a podcast right here at Earwolf, so you can check it out on your podcast app anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. Right? And every week you guys have a great premise for the show that you definitely spend a lot of time on and you don't figure out right before the recording, right? Yeah. Is so that true? We we got to make some stuff up to make this show fun. Or we have yeah, to. So sell people on this show. It's a good show, Hollywood Handbook. Yeah. Like really sell some people. Yeah, okay. You got a huge audience right now listening to this ad. It, it teaches you how to fly a plane. Listen uh-huh. to the show. You have a pilot's license. Oh, yeah. Uh, you become uh, a master hacker. Yeah. Uh, the the master code breaker. The black hat. Yes, black hat. Okay. Uh, and you j- get to join Anonymous. Uh, look, uh, I don't know that you guys did it, but it's, I like it. I like your show. Uh, it's so accessible and, and it, that it only really takes about 15 episodes to really understand your sensibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what we were finding. That, and it has to be a particular 15 episodes. Yeah, it can't just but, be 15 in a row. You got to really do the most recent pick. ones but, and definitely don't do the old ones. But it, it's different for each person. You have to kind of So you have to around. submit a personality test. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then someone will pick the 15 episodes for you. Yeah, not for free. No, certainly. Um, but hey, if you like good guests, you have guests like Claudio Doherty or and, and Tony Newsom and Nick Weiger. Um, yeah, but they did Weiger not like doing the show. Weiger is one of the listed guests that we're using. We've got so so many, many bigger than guests him. than Nick Weiger is number three. We had Donald Glover. Holy shit, Weiger! Weiger. The Would you say Don Glover is one of the fifteen people to listen to? Uh, for some that people, episode? Maybe, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. It's definitely one people. Uh, would be excited to try out. I don't know if they'll like what they hear, but that's our show. Here's behind a paywall. Here's the Hollywood handbook promise. Listen to it once. If you don't like it, listen to it again. If you don't like it, listen to it again. If Mm -hmm. you don't like it, listen to it again. Mm -hmm. Repeat over and over. Go online. Ask what's wrong. (laughs) What am I not getting? (laughs) What am I not getting? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone Uh recommend any episodes? Then go, yeah, I tried that one. Yeah, no, I still don't get it. After about 15 times, if you still don't get it, that's it. That's the experience. It's okay. Time to move on. No, but that's the we, Hollywood handbook yeah, experience. Yeah, we got what we needed out of, yeah. out of you. <laughs> well, and at a certain point, I think a lot of people go, well, now I've put so much time in, I might as well I say might, I I'm like just going to hate listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, check out Hollywood Handbook and subscribe in it's your favorite so podcast app. It's so good, like you Apple Podcasts to. or Stitcher. You got to check this out. Um, otherwise, um, the show may go away, right? 
Well, yeah, it might go away. I mean, it's not totally up to us, right? I mean, no one's forcing you to do the show. No, but we can't, I don't have anything else to do. So we are going to keep doing it until okay. Until something better comes up. Right. right. I yeah. promise you, if you like Are You Talking R.E.M. to me, you – I can't promise anything. I don't know if you like this or not. But I like it. So go listen to it. Hollywood Handbook with Hayes and Sean. It's actually really nice. Yeah, that's that's super sweet. I that like was you like guys. Really nice. <laughs> um, hey, pimp. Yeah, and I'm talking to you this time. Scott. Yeah, yeah, pimp. Yeah, I like you too, Mo. All right, all right. Thanks, pimp. All right, you're welcome, pimp. Hollywood Handbook, check it out. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Monty Got a Raw Deal, the first song on the ride side, side two of Automatic for the People. Monty, this seems strange to me. The movies had that movie thing, but nonsense has a welcome ring, and heroes don't come easy. Now, nonsense isn't new to me. My head, I know my feet, but mischief knocked me in the knees. So just let go, just let go. I saw the ocean. Yeah, this is a song about Montgomery Clift. Yeah, who's a uh, famous actor who uh, was in the closet. And some say Michael is singing about him getting a raw deal in life, sort of. Yeah, he got pretty fucked over, I think, mm-hmm. didn't he? He got into a car accident, kind of messed up his face a little bit, and his career never quite recovered. He was closeted and miserable mm-hmm. and drank himself to death, I think. But other than that. Fine. <laughs> fine. Had a fine life. <laughs> he was an incredible actor. And there, uh, some wordplay there. Obviously, the host of Let's Make a Deal was Monty Hall. So you can. Ass- oh, that's interesting. I never. Oh, you never thought about that? I don't Whoa! think so. Oh, the student is teaching the oh! master. I love it. Pizza, pasta, Pizza! ravioli, buffongoo. Oh. Um, that's a cool song. I like it. Um, it's one of my favorites from the record. From the say. record, but yeah. not of all time. All right. uh, one of them. I would say in the live. You have too many favorites of all time. I know. But it, the live version is, they only played it once. It was. They only played it once. It's on the. On the, the anniversary edition. Yeah. It's this one concert, the Greenpeace concert they had at the 40 Watt Club. And it's the one live date they did for Automatic for the people. They and, did not tour for this record again, no. much like the previous record. Yeah. And I had a bootleg of this that I just listened to constantly. And the version of uh, Monty Got a Raw Deal is really cool. Bill Berry really changes it up. Doing what? Just different. His drumming is He's like hitting on different things. He's like, I'm not going to hit on these drums. Let me hit on this one over here. (laughs) Yeah, or let me hit on this, you know, the band members' heads. This this person. Um, Track two on side two, or track eight of the record, is Ignore Land.
Um, apparently, the band does not like the mix. They never played it live. They ended up playing it uh, on the Accelerate tour Ooh, in mama. 2008. Um, first, so my first reaction when yeah. I heard it was like, ooh, a nice boost of energy uh-huh. uh, here. You know, I'm listening to it uh, in sequence uh, as a 12-song thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, this is like a little muscle that I didn't know they had. I really like the uh, keyboard that's playing. It actually reminds me a lot of like the uh, the keyboard sound in uh, Led Zeppelin songs where it's uh-huh. like... Bang, 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 would, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, I like this. And then I read that they weren't satisfied with the mix. And then I have to admit, the second time I listened to the record, I he- kind of hear what they're talking yeah. about. The the vocals are mixed in a in a way that is kind of of the time. Does that make sense? It feels separate from the rest of the song to it, me. It feels like... From the rest of the album, yeah. No, the, the, the vocals feel oh, separate vocals. from the rest of the song. It doesn't feel of one. They, they have more reverb. Our old friend Todd Glass talks about reverb a lot. <laughs> sure I think he'd turn it up on this one. It yeah. sounds a little more like an 80s reverby song to me. Yeah, it feels like if it was a tight little like get up like recorded mm-hmm. in a get up sort of way maybe mm-hmm. i it was never a favorite of mine i always thought it was a, it fit in it didn't really fit with it's the a little record. more like document yeah but i felt i also always felt it was a little overproduced for the kind of song it is mm-hmm. like it doesn't need all, all that, that stuff. stuff yeah 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 all that and you know a bag of chips yeah i mean you know listen i'm not complaining i love chips i wouldn't kick a bag of chips out of bed for eating <laughs> some crackers no but then when they – so I was never a real fan of it. But then when they played it on the Accelerate tour, it sounded great. And that, now I kind of like it. Like I appreciate it for what it is. I but, definitely like it. I think yeah. – I, I get what they're saying about it, but I, I like it. And I think this album is is such a kind of somber uh, record. It doesn't hurt to have a yeah. big rocker yeah. in the middle of it. Uh, coming up next, we have Star Me Kitten, a.k.a. Fuck Me Kitten. Whoa. 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 Fuck. To me, kind of like a perfect, like, track after the previous one. Palette cleanser? Yeah, it's uh, experimental. Yeah. The organ is sort of blending into these back backing vocals of people yeah. going, aww, yeah. sort of like the organ. Um, definitely an experimental song, yes. but, but one that I think as a track uh, nine on a record yeah. is great. It's really pretty, and it's, again, new sounds, really weird and cool. I really like it. Those voc- those backing vocals are really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like wearing their, you know, kind of showing that Beach Boys influence, but not quite as on the sleeve as Near Wild Heaven or mm-hmm. something. You know? Yeah, it's a little more subtle, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next song is uh, one of the other, the two classics, uh, yeah. maybe one of the songs that people most associate with R.E.M. This is Man on the Moon. 
We almost don't need to play it. It's such a yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, Again, another song that wasn't a single for a while, so it was just this song on the new album, and it was just it was you liked apparent. it when you first heard yeah, it. Yeah, I, I remember they played it that night when we were shooting the video, and all everyone just being like, "Oh wow!" Okay. Did you know who like Andy Kaufman was? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I loved Andy Kaufman. What'd you think of Taxi? I had never heard of Taxi. Or, or or even I was taxis? just a big Hirsch fan, and you were but, a Hirsch head. But I I was a Hirsch head, but I had never heard never of heard of taxi. taxi. I was just a big fan of Dear John, right? And uh, running on empty, was and running, yeah, running on with empty. River Phoenix, bringing yeah. it all back. Oh, maybe that's who that's came what to he the was said. That's what they were getting into a fight about running on empty. River Phoenix was no, uh, nominated for an Oscar for actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, weirdly enough. Andy Kaufman, one of the reasons I started doing comedy because I happened to see uh, – I didn't really – I knew him from Taxi, but I didn't really know him as a comedian. Yeah. And so the week I started doing comedy, I saw uh, two things which got me into comedy, which was an NBC special about – a documentary about him. Yeah. And I was like blown away by all the weird shit he did. Yeah. And then also I saw a Bob and David uh, live show in L.A. And I was like, oh. I, oh, cool. I bet I could do something sort of like a combo between these two. Those are two very – you know, solid influences, I would say. So, but weirdly enough, I did not know this was about Andy. I'd heard the song on the radio, but I didn't know yeah. it was about Andy Kaufman for year until after I got into comedy. And then someone was like, oh, that song's about Andy Kaufman. I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Even the movie called Man on the Moon. Well, this didn't is previous cl- oh, okay, to that. Okay, okay, There's okay. a number of years. Yes, you're right. <laughs> in between. <laughs> you never, what if the movie came out and you never really connected? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, I love the melody of that song. It still is great. It's a great song. I mean, and and it's interesting that they had the song finished, but just no vocals on it. And they were mixing the album and it was just a couple days before they had to deliver and they all loved it, but it just had no, no lyrics, no melody. And, and they gave Michael Stipe the tape of it. They're like, you have to just do something with this. He went for, I mean, according to legend, went for a walk, came back, and recorded it in just a couple takes. And it was Whoa, done. I did not know that. Mm. That is wild stuff. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is wacky wild stuff. Uh, let's go to the next track. This is second to last song. This is Night Swimming. Edge. The moon is low tonight 
So a pretty simple piano song, yeah. but then the string arrangement is incredible. Amazing. All about swimming in the nude. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like me and Honey in that it's just sort of you the swim same in that refrain. <laughs> it's the same refrain over and over again, right? Right, yeah, yeah. But, sort of uh, but they, they again, they trick you with so many uh, interesting yeah. sounds. Um, it's about as pretty as an R.E.M. song gets. Chris Martin said, the best song ever written. Hmm. Um, I didn't, weirdly enough, I did not hear the R.E.M. version first. What? I heard the the cover by uh, the band Gene, um, huh. which is a Britpop uh, band that uh, whose first couple of records, I think, are, they were very Smiths influenced. Yeah. I think their first couple of records, I honestly like their first couple of records almost as much as anything by the Smiths. Like, yeah. uh, they're, they were really good. They did, they did it for a B-side. Huh. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a cool song. And then yeah. I read the the credits and was like, oh, that's an R.E.M. song. And so I went back and yeah. once I picked up this record, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a great – so the, the I guess the piano they recorded it on was the piano that they recorded Layla on, the kind of coda in Layla. Layla. Oh, from um, – Goodfellas. Wait, is this an episode of I Love Films? I think it is. Hey everyone, this is Scott. And this is Scott. And welcome to I Love Films. We're talking about films here. Talking about uh, Martin Scorsese. Yes. Now, Great film. And this is a real filmmaker. This is a real, I mean, he. Did, maybe you've heard of The Aviator? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've heard of it, Scott. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Meaning you, you saw uh, it. Yeah, I, I saw it. You can say I saw it. How about we just say I saw it? Okay? Well, yeah, I saw it too. So uh, what, yeah, I don't yeah, get yeah, what yeah. you're getting. But I saw it. Okay. Yeah, in sure. The f- I don't want to say in the flesh, but I saw it in the flesh. Okay. Yeah, the human being starred. I, they all have flesh. I was, I was there. Okay, I was there too. I saw yeah, it opening no, night. But it was, I, I was, was big... I, okay. It is no, okay. I don't know so uh, Okay. It was. No, all, I was okay. It was all right. No, I'm okay. I agree. I'm okay. You're all right. Okay. Is everything okay uh, with you? Okay. 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 I love films. Good app. That was a great app. All right, we're we've come to the last song. This is okay. So, but night swimming, you love? I, th- I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. This. I mean. Uh. Let's let's go to the last sure. track. This is find the river. Watch the road and memorize It's like the 
So kind of what's interesting to me, I'm just putting this together a little bit. Drive and this have very similar feels, uh-huh. but Drive is in a minor key and this is in a major key, uh-huh. but it still sounds kind of wistful. Uh-huh. It's almost like to me the record is bookended by these two similar songs that starts off kind of depressing and it's talking about death, but then I don't know, Find the River too, the title. It just I don't know, it seems to be ending the album on an optimistic note. I think you're right. I think it's about death, but it's about death in a kind of as a death as a beautiful release sort of mm-hmm. thing rather which than, is not how I feel about death me I do neither. not want to die no thank you <laughs> leave that to the suckers um, I think this is a perfect song it's, even that part yeah what about this part only that part uh, I would put this with try not to breathe as my two favorites from the record and among my favorite REM we got to get to your uh, uh, when in one of our last episodes we'll do like top ten favorite, top ten favorite yeah. songs and sure. all that. Um, let's breeze through some of these B sides because we're almost out. But of wait, time. what do you think of "Find the River"? Oh, uh, great! Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I just told you before you started talking. You, you, sort of, but it's. Uh, I find it. I. I mean, I think the songwriting. It's almost like again what they were getting at with "Out of Time," but now are actually achieving. Uh, both songwriting and production, they're relaxing into it and they kind of found what it is they were getting at on Out of Time. You this know? to me seems like the promise of losing my religion. This would be the album that if I were to yeah. buy, if I were to be like, oh, I like losing my religion. Yeah. And I bought this album, this would be like, yeah, this is great. This is what I expected. That's interesting. Losing my religion could totally fit on this record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's just, you know, when people would talk about this record... Um, and they would all say, oh, yeah, it's a classic, it's a classic or whatever. And I would I would kind of go, yeah, I know those two songs, Everybody yep. Hurts, Man on the Moon, whatever. Yep. Um, but not being that interested in kind of the the most Minutia, popular period yeah. of R.E.M., yep. I was always like, yeah, but is it really that good? Yep. I mean, is it yep. better than the early records? Yep. And listening to it today uh, a couple of times, I'm like, oh, wow, this is just like well-produced, yep. wonderfully written. Yeah. Uh, consistent all the way through, good yeah. songwriting. Yeah. This is like a, a chunk of wax that will live in infamy. Yeah, that's that, what, that's confusing, what more? but really perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, B-sides. B-sides, this is Mandolin's Drum. By the way, not all of the B-sides are, are included on the complete Warner Brothers B-sides. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so I had to look up a few online. Do you have Arms of Love? I do have Arms of Love. Let's get to that. Mandolin Strum is whatever. Arms of Love is a Robin Hitchcock. This is great. Oh, my God. This is so good. This was on Man on the Moon. Night Swimming. This was a mixtape staple for me. Was it? Oh, man. Because, again, it's a song that people didn't really know. Right. Like, where'd you get this? But it has love in the title, so it's like... Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're an old softie. But this is... This is... Really good. Yeah. I like it. Simple. Um, just like simple, clean food. Mm, just like a plate of just scrubbed clean 
food. Just like broccoli without any kind of salt, no pepper. A potato, raw, clean as a whistle. <laughs> or a whistle, a as whistle clean as a different whistle. With salt and pepper on it, and you eat it. This is uh, the aforementioned Lion Sleeps Tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. The song they were interpolating for Sidewinder. In jungle, this is a B-side the too. Jungle, the that song. Lion sleeps tonight. As part of the deal they struck with the publisher, they got to also record it as a B-side. Yeah. Um, and this is like this is like the classic arrangement that I grew up with. Yes. Great song. Yes. A lot of good memories for me. Um, this is uh, we were talking about this on a previous record. This is the song he did with Natalie Merchant, which uh, I think started as a demo for this uh, oh, yeah. record called Photograph. This is on a compilation. Born to Choose, but now it's on, uh, it was on that 25th anniversary that just came out, too. But with Natalie Merchant or just the uh-huh. demo version? Yeah. Oh. This is a really good song, but I'm glad it didn't end up on the record. It's kind of boring, I think. It's, it's, it's fine. I, I loved it at the time. Really? Loved it. And it is, it's good. All right, we are running out of time. I can't, I can't get to the other three that I found well, on YouTube. What are they? Uh, you got uh, New Orleans Instrumental 2. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, Fruity Organ. Oh yeah, fruity organ, and then organ song. Let's listen to fruity organ. That is in, so insane. It's like fruity the organ, shiny this, happy people. They didn't even include it on the B sides collection. I had to find it on YouTube. It was, I think it was on Man on the Moon. <laughs> Can you imagine if they turned this into a song? This is actually my favorite REM song. I mean, obviously, it doesn't fit in with... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of their earlier stuff. Yeah. Wait, I like this part. Like, I could totally see this being turned into a song that Scott Ackerman would hate. <laughs> Everybody has to dance yeah. with ants in their pants. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was on Man on the Moon with Arms of Love. It was like those two. Probably was. Let's hear a little bit of organ song. We promised we'd do every B-side. Let's just hear th- I don't remember three this songs one. of... This is uh, organ song. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Dearly beloved, yeah. we are gathered here <laughs> to get through this thing called life. An electric word life, and I want to tell you, it's been a long time. There's something else. The afterworld. What do you call it, that drink down in Beverly Hills? You know the one. Doctor, everything is all right. The 
this world, you're on your own. Okay. Um, good shit. This uh, must have been a thrilling time to be an REM fan. It was because the 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 band that you're into more than anything puts out this incredible record, and also that this biggest band in the world at the time are these guys with acoustic guitars playing like essentially Glenn Campbell, Jimmy Webb songs. Like mm-hmm. it was a cool time in music for that to be the the big. The big band. Right. And you know? uh, as for me, I uh, definitely like it better than Out of Time. I will not reveal where it is in my ranking of Yeah, R-E-M because records. you love, like, Life's Rich Pageant and all the early records. Mm-hmm. Does this... It's definitely different. Yeah, it's, it's so different. But to me, to me, it's a lot like... Uh, I, I've mentioned before, I... I, I Sometimes like it when a band changes their sound, like Radiohead. Yeah. I love Kid A is probably yeah. my favorite uh, Radiohead record. But um, I, I think I would have – if this had come after Green, I think I would have been a fan forever and yeah. gotten all – but something about Green, the the one-two punch of Stand and Shiny Happy, people yeah. knocked me out and I didn't get it. Yeah. So I was out. But uh, uh, I, uh, as far as their – Modern sound and not their early sound. Yeah. This is uh, this is the best that I've yeah. heard so far. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, who knows what's next for us? But uh, this has been a, an exciting time for us going through Automatic for the People, and it's been my pleasure to do it next to this man right here. You too, buddy boy. Um, we'll see you next time on. <laughs> no, that's Jimmy Pardo's catchphrase. Uh, we'll see you next time, and until then, we hope that you have found what you're looking for. Bye. When your day is long. Hollywood Handbook. Hey guys, uh, unfortunately, I have some bad news. Uh, my name is Hayes. I'm here with my friend Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. We're the hosts of Hollywood Handbook. Uh, they asked us to come onto the show and and break the news to everyone that the show you were just listening to uh, is unfortunately broken. Yeah, uh, it's really just one of those things. Um, every once in a while, a podcast fully breaks, and you can't listen to it for a while. While it's under construction, uh, sort of, you know, when they... Uh, shut down the roads and there's like detour signs um, so that you can still get where you're going even though it's not the way that you wanted to go Uh, you can detour over to Hollywood Handbook listen to our podcast instead just until this podcast is fixed our podcast is running and I think the podcast you were listening to is going to be broken for about a year and honestly when those detours happen sometimes I find you discover make new little discoveries a better route yes and find like a roadside (laughs) diner that's so Mm -hmm. interesting the host of it are very smart. So listen to Hollywood Handbook. We it's a guide to Hollywood, but it's not it's even fake. really that it anymore. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. 
We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.